0: Uh, joining us now is one of the funniest guys in the business. You've seen him on television, and his own comedy specials on HBO, uh, Showtime, Comedy Central, as well as appearances on Everybody Loves Raymond, King of Queens, Becker, and Damon, and a classic Seinfeld episode as the prop comic. He'll be appearing on May 21st through the 23rd over at Side Splitters Comedy Club. That's in Tampa. And joining us on the phone is comedian-actor Dom Arrera. Dom, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. Yeah, and the, mo- the most important thing is I'm number 79 in the all-time list. I was just going to mention that. I yeah. shot to the middle and I clung there. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was and watching it's, that series. It's kind of a safe place to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Cause
1: then you can say, you know, you, you got people you're ahead of, but then you can also look like a... Cedric the Entertainer and people like that, thinking, "Geez, I'm better than him." Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was
0: there a little, a uh, little uh, infighting when that list was put together?
1: No, I don't. You know, well, everybody got mad at it. It's so funny. I mean, they took it so seriously. So I don't even know who put the list together. I mean, I just think it was so. You know, actually, I did me. last
2: night. I did last night on the web, but that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You oh. actually got
0: to host the show, and it was about a five-part series. And you kind of sat around a table, which I enjoyed. Uh, the five of you sitting around the table and kind of doing a little banter, which was great.
1: Well, the three of them weren't. In the hundred, the other three panelists—they right. were already. Every time the, the cameras went off, they were seething. Yeah. You whoever it was, it was the white guy he was mad at white guys. The black guy was mad at black. The woman was mad at women. It was like, every, everybody was jealous of somebody. It was great. The only thing that I got, like, and I still get people cause they go, "How could Roseanne be number nine? She had twenty minutes."
2: Yeah, I didn't understand that one.
1: No, I didn't either.
2: Yeah. And that's about nineteen minutes too many.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think it was skewed uh, against some of the, the classic older guys, like Jack Benny and Milton Berle. I think they should have been a little bit higher. Oh, I know.
1: List. I mean, how could, well, how could Lenny Bruce be in the top ten? I don't care what ground he broke. It's not right. that funny.
0: Yeah, no, I think... No, uh,
1: now you're getting me worked up. So yeah, right. Yeah. 70s,
0: 70s. Yeah. Well, you're, you're definitely higher than 79. i I got to say that. But I think it was skewed more toward the comics that maybe young people are no more about.
1: No, yeah, for Comedy Central. I mean, yeah. John Stewart, I love John, but he's not a, a great stand-up comic. He's terrific at what he does. He was in the top 50. More you know? of a
0: broadcast comic, if you will, like you know, talk show, TV kind yeah. of stuff. Stand-up is its own special art, which obviously you've, uh, you've been doing for so long. How did you get started doing the stand-up?
1: Uh actually because i could i was a terrible waiter
2: and uh i was i was already
1: acting and doing commercials and stuff but i was a waiter i couldn't do it and i saw these guys like gilbert Gottfried and joe Piscovo uh getting famous by being in the clubs in new york and i thought jeez i could do that you know instead of waitering until i get some acting work and i, I just kind of got addicted to it
0: you're from philly originally right yeah yeah did you start in the local clubs there like a chuckles no, and uh, no, there broad
2: street Yeah. Really wasn't much or something? in philly there uh uh, well, not not a very funny town, I guess. How
1: did it, How did you? How when you started? How did the crowd take to you? Was it a progressive thing? Progressive thing, or is it something that? Well, by the time I started, I was already like a. I uh, still already had stage presence. My nerves were like in acting. Like when I was down, in, I'm in uh, Fort Lauderdale right now, and I, I I went to college down here, and uh, my the nerves I had to get over were like in plays. I mean, I was a rabbi and fiddler in the roof at nineteen. <laughs> in nineteen. A, a, a nineteen-year-old Italian rabbi. You talk about minorities. <laughs> and uh, that was like, you know. So by the time I got on stage, I was pretty, I was pretty good. But I just couldn't write. Like, you know, I, I didn't know how to like do the same stuff over and over. Where comedians, they perfect uh, material, you know. Right. And I was like an improv actor. I was thinking, well, why can I say this again? But now, you know, then you realize to hone it, you know, you have to like uh, do it over and over. You like people do it over and over too much, as you know.
0: Yeah, one, one of the things that I enjoy about your comedy is it's from you. I mean, you write all your own material, and it's not just joke-oriented. It's stories, and it's it's funny thing. I know the first thing I saw you do on cable was a thing with the bus ticket, which was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that out of your life, which you exaggerate, and I think that's that's what makes your style unique.
1: Thanks. That's funny you say the bus thing, because I haven't done that in so long. It's like, I love when people tell me stuff that I forgot I did. Yeah. I've been I've been doing it so long I get no matter what well, I do. Help for
2: that, you know. <laughs>
1: no matter what I do, people are never like completely happy. I'll, I'll do. Remember that thing though in the Roddy Dangerfield special. Did you ever see that one?
0: Uh, I have seen some of those, well, you know.
1: the, the one I did was about Little Petey, Big Petey. Right,
0: right, right, right.
1: All right, so I'll, I'll do, like, an act, and people will be laughing, and some guy will me, I can't believe you didn't do the Little Petey, bada boom, bada bang. man you right. And, I go, <laughs> and then if I do it again, somebody else will go, what are you, the Beach Boys? Let it go. long do you to do the same <laughs> stuff. You know? Can't
0: win. How often do you turn over your material? Do you break in maybe ten minutes? As
1: much as I can, but I also try and do some old stuff, you know. Uh-huh uh yeah, There's no real pattern to it. It's all according like to where I am. I mean, if, like I go to Ireland next week, and uh, if I'm in Ireland, I can, you know, I can do like my regular act. But if I like have to go like into the American South, mm-hmm. which is more of a foreign country than Ireland to me, mm-hmm. then I really have to change <laughs> stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, I gotta have to have a passport to get in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I can't hear you. <laughs> what did that man say?
2: What did he say? <laughs> was that nerdy, Martha? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was
0: fascinating, the movie that came out about a year ago, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's kind of documentary of how he put together a whole new act uh, yeah. after retiring from the, well, not retiring, but leaving the TV show. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about how you put your act together and what what the process is for you.
1: Well, it's random, you know. It comes in streaks. Like, sometimes I feel like I haven't written anything and all of a sudden, I I feel like I can't stop writing. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any pattern. Jerry's much more disciplined than I am. I, mean, I remember Jerry, I remember sitting on a plane with him, and he would start the timer in his watch, and he would sit there for 20 minutes, whether anything came or not, and that's how he wrote. He would just put away, just put aside segments of time, you know.
0: Just to kind of force himself to yeah,
1: uh, yeah, the yeah, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Did I mean, you have... I'm sorry, okay ahead. I was going to ask if you had any mentors or anybody that helped you out with... When you first started, nobody ever done nothing for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> not no, I used to like Woody Allen when I was a kid, I, even though I'm not similar to him at all. I just liked him for his creativity and his writing and. Those movies, you know, those goofy movies in the 70s. Oh, yeah, they were some good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I never had, no, I, I never really had anybody show me anything, actually. I mean, if anybody ever helped me the most was danger Dangerfield.
0: All right, he gave a lot of uh, young guys a chance on those HBO specials. Yeah, oh, yeah, you
1: know, he was one of those guys, one of those rare guys in show business that wasn't threatened by other people's success. Well, mostly everybody else, you know, they, they just don't want, they're afraid, like, that, they, you know, you're going to get something, and that means that, that diminishes them, you know
0: right talking with Don Marrera who's in Fort Lauderdale you're playing there for the next couple of days and then you head over to Tampa uh the end of the week at Side Splitter is that right yeah, yeah. for the weekend uh-huh. and uh we just talked in the intro a little bit about uh, your appearance on Seinfeld do you, do you get most people kind of come out to you and calling you the prop comic
1: well that's amazing the power of that I mean I was in New Zealand on the beach with a hood on and some guy recognized me I mean kids will come up to me and uh, you know, my nostrils look big to you. That's you what know, like, well, I liked about that episode. That episode had so much going in it. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't. I thought that that part with the clown, with Jason Alexander, where he goes, How could you not know Bozo? Yeah, right. it was brilliant. <laughs> hey, man, don't hassle me. Look, I'm sure Bozo was like a big big clown in the 60s. we got to let that go. It's just a gig, man. You know, and then Kramer with the, the bus and saving the woman's toe, and Jerry heckling the, the woman at work. You know, it was like there was so much stuff in that.
0: Yeah, there were rich episodes. It wasn't just one storyline. Amazing, it was maybe yeah. Five or six at one time. A
1: friend of mine writes for for Raymond. For Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah. Good show. Big shock. They're coming back, huh? A million dollars an episode.
0: Yeah, uh, a limited season, Uh-oh. I think. But yeah, they one more yeah. season to go.
1: But uh, he was telling me, you know, because he used to uh, uh, write for Seinfeld, and he said this is so much easier. He said all they have is like a, an A plot. Well, Seinfeld, they said they had an A, B, C, and D plot. Mm. Everything was woven in. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Kramer hitting the golf ball into the whale's blowhole, and then Jason, <laughs> Jason lying about being a marine biologist. And remember that? You know? oh, yeah. oh, yeah.
2: Amazing.
1: amazing absolutely show. great
2: episodes. I mean, well, you're right. There is so much going on in that program that you really have to pay attention because there are not literally four storylines.
1: Yeah. That's why I don't buy that Curb Your Enthusiasm is better. I mean, Curb is, is written also by Larry David, who right. I think is a genius, but I don't see where it's better than Seinfeld because Seinfeld had the network restrictions. You know, they had to worry about what they said. On Curb, you can say whatever you want, mm-hmm. and they shoot it like a movie. This was like a regular TV show. That's what made it so brilliant. Absolutely. It's hard.
0: Well, I want to just tell the folks real quick, uh, you have a CD out, Don Marrera, Greatest Hits, Volume 1. Or and Dom you can Marrera go to domerera.com. Yeah. where's our copy of it? Anyway. Yeah. Well, and, or you, you, can, one. you can call right. 1-800-448-6369 or go to domerera.com. Okay. I just want to talk a couple of uh, brief things before we let you go. Uh, uh, the roasts that uh, they've been doing on Comedy Central. Uh, you did one last year for Drew Carey. Uh, how is that to work on?
1: Well, that's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun when you know the guy, you know? I mean, I remember doing one. For, remember Jack Palance? Sure. Oh, yeah. I remember doing one for him, and he, like, hated all of us because we didn't know him. I just <laughs> like doing it. He goes, you guys aren't funny, you know? And it's like, I like doing it for guys I know, you know? And, like, and that, that's what made Drew Carey's fun because well, one thing I said about Drew that really made him laugh, I said, Drew... Drew was like the $1,200 comedian. Like, when they couldn't get a real comic, they'd go, Give Drew a call. We know he's not booked. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like, he loved that because he knew how real it was. You know, and if you know something personally about it, it's like, I hate that fill-in-the-blank stuff, you know. Hey, are you guys being uh, bothered by the uh, FCC thing?
2: Nah. Nah. Well,
1: I was
0: going to say, we'd like to have you do some of those euphemisms, but we better not. (laughs) I'm just
1: wondering how it's coming down on you. Because a lot of shows that I've been on, they they have to uh, tape them now. You know, I mean, I, I pretty much have a sense of what you can't say, but I was just wondering how restrictive it's made it for you.
2: It's giving us more jobs.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's>, it keeps <laughs> us busy. Are you, are you Infinity or Clear Channel? Nope, we're,
2: we're independent we're, we're, right oh, now. We are, cool. not, we are not a, a member of the evil empire. Isn't
1: that cool, though, to have one of those, like, original radio stations that's yeah. not uh, part of the monopoly? I don't understand how. Amen. How can they own everything?
2: Because like, they can. Jeez. simply that's how it is. You know, this is, uh, this is not your granddaddy's radio business anymore.
1: I think the funny thing about the Howard Stern thing is that Stern, he, he put the, he's hurt so many people and has hurt so many lives. And then he was the one who, uh, there's a show, was a show called Opie and Anthony, which is also on right. Infinity. Oh, yeah,
2: They're locally. And exactly.
1: he told them that they weren't allowed to talk about him. And now he's the one, you know, with this big freedom of speech thing. Yeah. But he stopped so many other people's freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
2: Well, you know, Stern. I think that, uh, to be quite honest, I used to hear him on WNBC. What twenty something yeah, years me ago? Yeah,
1: too. I was in New York then. He
2: was funnier then than he is now.
1: Well, he whines too much
2: now. Oh yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, but he was funny then. He was creative then. I think he's. Just, I think he's been burnt out for fifteen years and just you know doing the same old hack stuff. Yeah. Well, how many
1: times can you have lesbian strippers on the radio? I mean, it's oh, like, like dial a date <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're going
2: to do that tomorrow. It's like having a yeah, talk
1: show on the radio. <laughs> you know, like
2: a, okay, well, you talk about Lenny Bruce, Dom. As uh, funny as a mime artist on a radio, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not what going anywhere.
0: You talk about Lenny Bruce; he kind of Howard Stern, you could say, is kind of becoming Lenny Bruce in his later years. Where exactly, all Lenny did was yeah. get on stage yeah. and rant about, you know,
2: censorship.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Instead of just actually going out and being funny, quit, quit whining right. about it. I feel like it. saying you know,
2: anything new to say. I mean, nothing there. Yeah. So what do you got coming up uh, TV projects-wise?
0: I know you're coming to town this Friday and, uh, for the weekend. What do you got coming up on television?
1: I'm doing mostly uh, stand-up this summer, and I'll, I'll just do a couple of talk shows to keep, which is fun. You know, it's like I've been around so long. Last time, I, and my sister and my nephew, and my, they were all in town, and I did Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. because it was right across from their hotel. Talk about Jaded. You know, it's like whatever, I'll do, like, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to get on all those shows, so I'll do whatever's convenient. Like, Jimmy Kimmel was in the Hotel, and I had a pool table and free drinks, so I did that. You know what I mean? Before, it was like, when I started out, like, you just wanted to do the Tonight Show so you right. could be near Johnny Carson. But now there's nobody that special anymore, you know, so now I just do whatever. People don't know, I'll do Craig Kilborn and go, hey, I saw you on Letterman last night. You know, it's all blended in.
0: Yeah, were you on uh, Tonight Show with Johnny a couple times yeah, before he yeah, left? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, how was that?
1: It was great, but it was weird. My heart was my heart was beating like a sparrow's, and I couldn't believe I could hear him and Epic Man oh, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> laugh like, right next to
1: me. It was like no, surreal. No. I mean, I was just a kid at camp, and all of a sudden I'm on the Tonight Show. And I remember watching that when I was like nine, you know. And then uh, yeah, that was bizarre. Now it doesn't. I mean, not that I'm that I still don't try and get a kick out of it, but nothing was like that. Plus you know. he was so great, you know.
2: Well, not not to burst your bubble, but you know the only reason Ed was laughing was he was pretty well you know loaded. Right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one. That was a, I did a joke about Ed, and he I have, I I I found out that he really liked the joke, but it was like, you know, pretty mean kind. Of, so I said was, I was. Oh, on let's Star- hear it. Well, I was on Star Search, and I met Ed McMahon. And <laughs> Not that I won a few grand national TV exposures, but I met Ed McMahon. What do I say to him? Hi, Ed, 30 years in the business. I call him Mr. Ed, Mr. Edward McMahon, Mr. E, Mr. Eddie McMahon, Mr. you e, big, fat, lucky, talentless moment. <laughs> I've been kissing Johnny's butt for the last 40 years. You Budweiser sucking outposts, slinging What do you do? I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> and I was like, all right, geez, he knows a joke. He's going to kill me. This is when he, he was still in shape. You know, I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs>
0: Our guest has been Don Marrera appearing uh, May 21st through the 23rd at Sidesplitters Comedy Club in Tampa and uh, you can get tickets up there at 813-960-1197 yeah, 60- What are you just saying?
1: If you come over, say hi I will, will. Come. you
0: going to yeah. come down to McCurdy's one of these days? What's McCurdy's? Con, McCurdy's Comedy Club in Sarasota Oh, I don't
1: know I didn't know yeah. they
0: had one there Yeah, pretty good one get, uh, We got
1: a website Check them out We want yeah. you here Oh, yeah. okay,
0: thanks Yeah, yeah well, uh, we'll email it to your agent there and so you can get down here next uh, maybe during the winter
1: there's no conflict with that
2: in the Tampa uh, clubs. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think probably so. Probably not.
1: And how far is uh, Sarasota?
2: About, about forty, fifty, 50 miles. Yes, 50 oh, jeez, no. No, we're not in the same town. Hey, we'd love to have you down here. Well, yeah.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Tom. I know you got up a little early to join us. We appreciate it. Yep. A
1: little
2: early. It's the middle of my That's night. That's right. <laughs> middle of your night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out there at the mo- out there at the uh, you know Everglades uh, Motel Six, I guess. Right. Yeah, right. And it's <laughs> for dot com for on for, for you. his greatest <laughs> hip CD. All right. Thanks, Thanks
0: Don. All right. Thanks, all right. Don. Appreciate it.